What's up, War Report family? It's your boy, B. Will. I am joined by Sports Better from the Uptempo Podcast. Blake, what's going on, man? What's up, B. Will? Uh, what's up, Auburn family? Uh, just excited to be here, man. It just says that football season's back, B. Will, and, and I can't wait. Ready to lay some money on the line this weekend. Yes, sir. It's my favorite time of the year. Yeah. Get my heart broken on my bank account <laughs> field. Either way, I'm down for the ride. So, yes, for everybody who was acquainted with Bet Would Be With last season, we did it on the website. I put out all these explanations for every pick and every game, and that took a really long time. So, when we brought on the Uptempo podcast into the War Report podcast network, I asked if anybody else sports bet it. Turns out, Blake sports bets too. He knows what the deal is. So, I'm not going to have to do this solo anymore. We're going to talk through these things and get these up on Fridays. If we can. Now, here's the thing about Mm -hmm. betting. If everybody who is experienced enough knows you need information, all right? You got to do your research. If if there were going to be a rule board here, rule number one is do your research. And there's a lot of information that's not really out until later in the week, Mm -hmm. which guys may be heard, but did they practice? Did they travel? So on and so forth. So we like to wait to as late as possible to make some of these picks because that's when you get your best information. For example, Utah and Florida play tomorrow. Cam Rising just got ruled out today. Mm-hmm. Now, if we'd done this, this show on Monday, we wouldn't have known that. But closer to the game, you get some correct information. You find out what's what. We're going to try to record somewhere between Thursday and Friday and get it up somewhere between Friday, but at the absolute latest Saturday morning so you can wake up Make your bets. That's when I usually made mine. And that way we have some up-to-date information. So that's when you can look for a new episode of, it used to be betting with B-Will. Might have to redub it, betting with Blake and B-Will, however that's going to go. But it's it's tag team operation now. So that's the first things first. That's when you can expect it. Now, for those who rode with me last year, you know how I like to do it. We're just going to focus on SEC games to keep it in-house, all right? We might have a, here's all the SEC games, but that doesn't mean we're going to feel wonderful about every pick or we got enough information to make a, a pick on every game. So we're not going to try to do that. We're just trying to make a pick that we like, something that makes your wallet tingle. That's the games we're going to pick. If we don't, we're going to pass it. There's no pressure here to pick everything and get everything right. I don't like that. You bet safely. We're not trying to, to, to be the hot ticket here. Well, he bet all 14 games right. I don't know. That's, that's not possible right now. That's not what I'm trying to do. I want the safest, highest quality, highest value bets. And if we don't have them, we're not going to try to bet them, all right? We're going to make a pick or pass on a game, and we're going to keep it moving. But at the end, we're going to look at everything that we picked through all the games and say, hey, Blake, which three do you like the best? Do you feel the most comfortable betting this weekend with your money? I'm going to do the same. And all of our picks will be laid out on the website. I'm going to type them all up and put them on the website so everybody will have a record. Say, hey, here's what Brian picked. Here's what Blake picked. Keep it concurrent. See how we do over the season. All right. If you want to grade somebody's picks, all right, here's the easy way to do it. 51% for the season means you didn't lose money. All right. You came out even, but it was a fun ride. That's fine. I'm cool with 51%. 55% means you did pretty good. You made a little money. 
you did better than break even, and you won more than you lost. That's a really good season. 60% means pack up your bags, move to Las Vegas. You've got the juice. I don't know too many people that can come down with 60%. 60% is tough. All right, there are professional mm-hmm. bettors out there that live off 61%, live a, a healthy lifestyle off 61%. I personally, I'm shooting for 55. All right, that's always been my goal. That is the hobbyist zone. Make money as a hobby. That's what I'm shooting for. Like, I don't know if you kept up with your percentages to this point in your life, but where do you usually fall at? Do you know? Oh, man. I usually, honestly, be will. Like, um, I, I hit streaks, man. I hit streaks. I get really hot, and then I might get really cold like last weekend. Uh, I, I couldn't bet one to save my life. I took, uh, I took a little uh, prop bet uh, on... I took Sam Hartman over 249 and a half passing yards. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took Caleb, Caleb Williams uh, over 312 passing yards. Okay. And he was 26 yards away, B. Will. <laughs> and they scored, and Lincoln Riley took him out at the start of the fourth quarter. Yeah. And I was just sitting there like, no way. It killed me because they ran that kickback, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that gave them an extra – an extra uh, seven points yeah. up on San Jose State, so that that gave them the room to to sit Caleb Williams. So that really bit me right there. But uh, yeah, man, I, I couldn't hit that one last week. I was really frustrated, but uh, hopefully this week I can bounce back. All right, hopefully you can. Hopefully you can. And for the record, all right, usually I don't do prop bets for the mm-hmm. very reason you just said an injury. Yep. Messes you up, uh, the cupcake game, you don't know what the coach's strategy is, whether it's to get the starter more reps or to pull them and sit them down. A kickoff return creates a cushion for the for the up team, and, and now they don't have a reason to keep this. Anything can happen with props, right? Yep. But if you got something you want to throw on there, that's not my specialty. But if you got something you feel really good about, we'll talk through it, and uh, we'll put some of those up whenever you make those picks as well. Yeah. All right. So, all right, before we get started, let's be clear here. Neither Blake nor I are 60% guys. We are not professionals, all right? We do this for fun and for pocket change. It's fun, and it gets you some pocket change if, if you're above 51%. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't take this to the bank, all right? Don't be pulling your rent money out, your mortgage money out, your bill money out to bet. We are not telling you to pick everything that we pick. This is for fun to keep up with the bets of the season. This is the best time of year, man. There is no better time than to get some confidence going, get some money going too, and celebrate your team at the same time. But this is fun. That's our disclaimer. Now, with that being said, let's get into it. Blake, first game up. Tomorrow night, Thursday, August 31st, we got the Florida Gators going out to Utah to face the Utah Utes. The line was... As much as Utah close to 10 earlier, uh, about a month or so ago, the whispers were kept going about Cam Rising maybe not being available, as well as their like all-packed uh, tight end, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Turns out Cam Rising has been disqualified for this game. He is injured. He will not play. The line has shrunk to Utah by four and a half. The over-under is 44 points. Blake, what are you feeling about this game? <sighs> This is why I didn't lay my money on Utah a week ago. Um, my brother texted me and he said, I really want to hammer Utah. And I texted him back, be willing. I said, man, I just really don't know yet because 
Cam rising. There's been reports of him not healing the way that he was supposed to, and then he come out and was saying that you know, oh, what do these doctors and what do these media people know about me? Uh, and then it come out that uh, what is his name at Utah? Uh, uh, Whittingham, Whittingham said that yeah. uh, he said. You know, I, I'm not telling anybody what's going on uh, with with Cam Rising, and so that that had me worried, man. And uh, that's why I stayed away from putting my money on Utah a week ago. Mm-hmm. Now that I know he's not playing, I think I think it's hard to stay off of Florida here, mm-hmm. uh, and and I think Florida can win this football game. And okay. I, man. Be well. I, I think Florida can go out there. If if I was to bet on this game, I'm taking Florida money line because they're plus one sixty five. Okay. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to bet on this one. But if I was, uh, I would take Florida money line because, uh, you know, I, I think that Utah is going to turn to running the football, and I'm not sure that Utah is going to have a whole lot of success running on Florida, and. Yeah. Um, I think Graham Mertz can muster up enough offense. That is, if his two uh, wide receivers out there, if they play. So I know they're mm-hmm. questionable right now. So there's just too many injuries for me to lay a solid bet on this game. There's just too much smoke up in the air right now. I'm with you. I'm with you. There's a lot of question marks there. I We talked to, on the Amen Corner podcast, Ike, has, Ike Jones has a show with Kenny B. He's a Florida mm-hmm. Gator Fan, he covers Florida and Paul Meharry. He's a gate as a bulldog and he covers Georgia. Kenny B swears to God that Florida is gonna be like in the runnings for the SEC East this year. He believes, all right, he thinks Graham Mertz is good. I think Kenny B's crazy. But what I will say is when you have somebody as average as Graham Mertz is as quarterback, it means you have confidence in your offensive line and your run mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. I agree with you that Utah is going to have to run the ball. Everything that's a question mark about this game is about the passing. The quarterback for Utah, the wide receivers for Florida. What that tells me is this is going to be a compact game because they're going to run it. That clock's going to run fast, put, possessing the ball more than they're trying to score points. I think the under 44 is a given here. I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. at 27-13. I wouldn't be surprised at 21-17. I wouldn't be surprised at 24-14. All right? Now, I'm definitely picking the under. Absolutely. I'm taking Florida plus four and a half, man. Love that. I'm taking Florida plus four and a half. And it's not everybody thinks, well, they lost Anthony Richardson, so they got to be. Anthony Richardson wasn't really working well with what they asked him to do anyway. Mm -hmm. All right? He wasn't as good as he could have been as a quarterback in college under this offense or under Billy Napier. So I don't think they lost so much. They probably gained a step on offense just by having an offense and a quarterback and a run game that fits with what the the head coach wants to do. So you take that square peg out of the round hole, all of a sudden they look more, let's say, cohesive. I'm not saying they have a better quarterback. That's not what I'm saying. But I do think that everything's going to make sense. And if Graham Mertz is nothing else, he's experienced enough to not make the big mistake. Now, he has made yeah. really big mistakes at Wisconsin. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. He was not a good quarterback, but there was a lot of stuff not working at Wisconsin. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's hard for me to put all that on him, but I think he's got enough experience, and Florida has enough defense and 
run game to shorten this game and cover. I could see him losing by four. I could see him losing by three. I could see him winning the game like you said. But I'm taking Florida plus four and a half, under 44 points. I'm taking both picks. Love that. Already uh, to start the season off. All right? Love that. Next one up, we got 7 p.m. tomorrow night. Well, again, tonight, Thursday night as well. South Dakota versus Missouri. Now, South Dakota is an FCS school. Missouri is an FBS school. You cannot parlay, or at least not most of the betting sites I find, you can't parlay FCS versus FBS games, FBS games into a full, a full ticket. All right, so you're going to have to pick this one on its own straight up, and we have to be conscious of that when we're talking about putting these things together. Some of these, I love parlays. All right, that's how I always come up with the, the big money. You take a few picks, enough of them, all of them hit, and then you got a big winning. But this is a game that you can only straight bet. As a matter of fact... With this being an FBS versus FCS game, we can't see the line just yet. It's not posted until the day of. So we don't know what the Missouri uh, is going to be favored by in this game. But what I will tell people is what I always tell people. Don't bet on these games. Do not bet on these games. You have no idea what South Dakota is or what they can do. You have no idea what players they lost and got in the portal. We just saw UMass. We thought they were the worst team in the FBS. They got a quarterback from Clemson out here putting up points on the road at New Mexico State. You don't know these people. You don't touch it. You don't mess with it. You don't know what Missouri lost and got back. I have no idea. I know their defense was good last year. I don't know what that means for this year. I know their quarterback looked mediocre last year. I don't know if he's still there. All right? I would say do your research. And this is a point where if you really wanted to bet on this game, you pull up the local South Dakota newspaper. You pull up their student newspaper online, and you see everything they're saying about the football team. Somebody's covering them. But I am not. So my recommendation is don't touch it. I don't see a line right now. I don't care what the line is. When when I wake up tomorrow, which is today, and I see what this line is, I'll say, oh, okay, that's interesting. And I will not bet money on this game. All right. You got anything to add to that, Blake? Man, first off, Missouri's never holding my coin. Uh, (laughs) So there's no way I touch that one. Uh, And definitely not against South Dakota. I don't care what it is. Uh, I'm I'm not putting any money on that one. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. All right. So that takes us straight through. There's no SEC action on Friday. All right. So we're going clean through to Saturday morning. Kickoff time, 11 a.m. Central, when all the games get underway. Virginia. Versus Tennessee. Blake, what do you feel about this one, man? I think Tennessee blows out a very bad, bad Virginia team. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, Virginia lost their quarterback. uh, And so uh, I just think they're not good on defense. Uh, I'm not sure if they have many playmakers. This was a bad football team last year. Mm -hmm. uh, And Tennessee returns a ton of talent on offense. They return uh, a good bit of their defense uh, that played uh, really well last year in that Orange Bowl win against Clemson, uh, against a Cade Klubnik uh, quarterback Clemson team. And they showed promise. That secondary showed promise last year. And uh, and I think Tennessee absolutely routes Virginia. And and I like them on the spread, B-Will. And uh, I, what, what is the over? What is the over for that one? Over under is 56. Man, mm, I think I'm going to take the over 56 as well because I think Tennessee might put up 50 by themselves. Ooh, okay. 
Okay, yeah. spicy, spicy. All right, okay, okay. Um, so you're taking taking the chalk with Tennessee, mm-hmm. and over fifty six, huh? Yes, sir. All right. Oh man, this is tough. So me and Ike <laughs> are on the same page about something, and that is Joe Milton is not good. I watched Joe Milton play in 2020 at Michigan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was not good. He looked like he didn't know what to do with the ball. As a matter of fact, he kind of looked like what T.J. Finley looked like in, in his first full year under Brian Harson, which was you look like you got a big arm, but you also look like a deer in headlights, turned over the ball mm-hmm. too much, all that stuff. When Joe Milton started for Josh Heupel, when Josh Heupel's first year at Tennessee, which was 2021, he looked bad. They lost to Pitt, mostly because Joe Milton didn't know what he was doing. Then he got hurt, and then Hendon Hooker comes in, and then it looks like something in Tennessee. But Joe Milton wasn't the answer at that time. Now, Hendon Hooker got hurt last year. Joe Milton comes in and says, oh, wow, this is all working. Now, maybe they had the deep threats. Joe Milton's got the big arm. So you can continue to stretch the field. People still have to respect that wide receiver speed they had out there. So the whole thing still works. Perhaps mm-hmm. it's, a, it's that simple. And maybe being under Josh Heupel has, and kind of being the designated star since the end of last year, maybe that was enough for Joe Milton to, to grow up and wake up. Mm-hmm. I genuinely don't trust Joe Milton playing quarterback, though. I don't. Mm. It's not that they can't. I don't think they're in, in any danger of losing this game. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, I need to see Joe Milton do it against somebody good before I believe enough to put my money down on it. Mm. So I'm going to stay away from this spread. I'm not touching this, with not with my money. Joe Milton has to prove something to me first. Virginia is bad. They don't have, they're not equipped to recruit against <clears throat> even the top, the upper tier of the ACC, much less. Yep a Tennessee team. They don't have that kind of talent. Now, Tony Elliott, their head coach, is an offensive guy. He came from Clemson. Mm -hmm. He knows offense, so maybe he got a better quarterback in the offseason. That's possible. You know, got somebody from the FCS that was good or from a lower group of five FBS team that was good. That's that's possible. I don't think he's going to scare this team because I do think that Tennessee is generally well-stacked with talent. I I, I don't think they're going to get caught slipping. Like, this is not what that, that team... Not not them, not right now, not to start mm-hmm. the season. So I'm going to stay away from it. I have no idea if Tony Elliott got something good in the transfer portal on offense. I, I will respect him as an offensive coordinator, but I'm just going to say, wait and see. I'm going to stay away from the line. I'm going to stay away mm-hmm. from the total. And I'm going to let you have that one all to yourself. <laughs> yeah, man. I I, uh, I I respect the 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 Joe Milton stuff because a lot of people do have questions about him throwing the change up, right? They know yeah. he can throw the deep ball. Right. Uh, we saw it last year. Um, but w- that that is the that is the big question mark. We're going to have to see if he can go underneath and and uh, like Squirrel White. I think Squirrel White is going to be an absolute weapon for him this mm-hmm. year. Uh, and I hate to see that kid get out of the state of Alabama because he was yeah. such a baller here. But, uh, man, I, I just uh, – I think Virginia is just that bad. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I am not in disagreement with you. Yeah. I, I just I – got, I got to see something first. <laughs> All right, moving on. We got Ball State visiting Kentucky, 11 a.m. SEC Network. Uh, Kentucky's getting a lot of hype. Mm-hmm. Devin Leary is supposed to be the truth. I saw uh, what's his name, friend of the show, Josh Pate, said, "Hey, he's he's a believer in Kentucky." 
um, based on something he's heard and or seen. I don't know. I don't really trust Mark Stoops at all to to be anything more than a defensive coach. I expect them to compete on defense, but their offense has been hit or miss. Um, even when they had Levis's first year, they looked great a couple games and they looked poor a couple games, and then it looked like nothing last year. So I don't really know what to make of them. I know uh, Levis wasn't really the end all be all that people wanted to make about to be. So mm-hmm. granted, you know that's probably why they weren't great on offense, but. I don't know if Devin Leary is good either. He's similar to Peyton Thorne in that he had a great 2021, a mediocre 2022, but he got a lot of hype coming out of NC State as if his 2021 was amazing. Now, I didn't see it. I have read the stats, though. I've, mm-hmm. I've read that Devin Leary was a top 15 quarterback in the nation in 2021. I don't know what that means for Kentucky. I don't know what Kentucky's wide receivers are like right now. I don't know what, what their running back situation is after they lost a couple pieces. Chris Rodriguez was actually a great running back for Kentucky. Um, I think Cavassier Smoke left, transferred, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what's in what's in the pipeline of running back for them. I just, Jen, they're, they're kind of like a show-me too. Kentucky's got to show me. They got to show me with offense. I know Stoops is going to have them competing defensively. They got to show me with offense before I trust them. Should they be able to dominate Ball State? Absolutely, they should. But I don't trust them one bit. So what I do trust, though, is for them not to score too many points because that's just me being an old hater on Mark Stoops. So that over, under, the point total of 49 and a half, I'm going under that. And with the line of Kentucky by 26 and a half, I'm not touching them. What say you, Blake? I'm with you, B. Will. Uh, I've went back and forth on this, and and I thought I was going to throw my money on that spread uh, for Kentucky, but I just can't right now. I can't, and I, I'm with you on that. They got to show me first, and uh, and Devin Leary coming in, 11 a.m. kickoff. I know at, at Kroger Field, man, like that just it smells like a disaster when I look at that <laughs> spread. And not that Kentucky's going to lose this football game, but. Right. Uh, Ball State, they lost a lot of guys in the portal. They were five and seven last year. Mm. Uh, they're a really bad football team, but I just, uh, I'm with you. I, like, I, I can't put my money on an 11 a.m. Uh, Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, they got to prove it to me in week one. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. So I got the over under, under 49 and a half points, but that's it. And you're staying away from it altogether. Yeah, I'm staying away from it. No harm in that. No harm in that. All right. For our next two, we got Western Carolina at Arkansas at noon on Saturday. That is a FCS versus FBS. No lines are out. My advice will always be don't touch it anyway. And similarly, we got Mercer at Ole Miss 1 p.m. on Saturday. Again, FCS versus FBS. I'm not touching it. So we're moving on to, again, we're going to sequential order here. UMass visits Auburn, 2.30 Central, ESPN. We got to see UMass play week zero, all right? Their Clemson, former Clemson QB, four-star QB, he looked okay. You know, I, could, mm-hmm. I, I can see why he made it to a, a big-time FBS program, but yep. I could also see why he wouldn't get the starting job there. They had a lot going for him, but New Mexico State is a perennially, perennially terrible team as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much to take from that. With the line being Auburn right by 35, even right now, and the over-under set at 51 and a half. Blake, what do you like? 
I might be straight up bugging here, uh, oh. but I like I like Auburn minus thirty five. Uh, was it thirty five and a half? Or? This is thirty five right now. Okay, okay, yeah. minus thirty five. Give me Auburn minus thirty five. Okay. I know it, it it sounds crazy, but um, I and I know UMass is uh, a defensive led team, but mm-hmm. from what I watched Saturday. Uh, this New Mexico State team all, almost put up 400 yards of total offense on them. And I just I, – I like me and Dustin go back and forth on this, B-Will, and, and he thinks it's going to be a, a close game uh, the first half, and then Auburn kind of opens things up in the second half. Mm-hmm. But I just don't see it, man. I think uh, Auburn comes out. I think they run the ball all, all over UMass. Uh, and I think Auburn could put up 49 49- 50 points and I just don't think UMass is going to be able to move the ball on Auburn I don't and I know people keep saying that UMass can run the football and Auburn's you know their their problem is stopping the run it's going to be stopping the run can they do it uh I just don't think UMass is going to be able to move the ball consistently on Auburn's defense they're they're not going to be able to throw it like right we we know that i i just i i don't think they're they didn't even take any deep shots against new mexico state b will so like they're not going to be able to push the ball down the field so i just don't see them being able to move the football and i think auburn's going to dominate this game uh and and i even jake crane last night he said that you know auburn could win a, a 49 to 20 you know tight game or i just i don't even know if umass scores 20 on auburn and i know that they got a bunch of transfers from arizona and places like that uh, i just still think they're a, they're a bad football team yeah and i, I like auburn to cover okay okay I, I like the book what about the points you touching the, the total 51 and a half <sighs> Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna go over fifty one and a half. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you think we're gonna pour it on? Yeah, I do. I do. Okay. All right. All right, Blake. I've been thinking about this, man. Think about <laughs> this. Fortunately, we got to see Massachusetts play. We got to see UMass play, which is rough because usually if we were just gonna guess, I'd be like, Yeah, man, Auburn, thirty five, mm-hmm. but let's go. I think about the old adage that I hear coaches say that the most improvement you see is from week one to week two. Mm-hmm. I think about the fact that, of course, we've supposedly had trouble stopping the run. And I, is, what I think so much about that is, what if we're just ex- special running the ball this year mm-hmm. and our defense is actually decent in the front seven, but we're looking at a monster in practice every day that we can't stop? Mm-hmm. I think that's a far cry from being 2022 bad against the run. Like, there's a difference between what we looked like last year and you line us up against a 2013 team and they still run for 200 yards. And it's like, of course, that's a special team. You can be a good run defense and still get run all over by Mm -hmm. that team. Now, I'm not saying we're 2013 good, but what I am saying is I don't think there's anywhere we took a step back from last year. The total talent in the room has increased in the running back room. The offensive line has gotten substantially better. I just I'm I'm having a hard time not believing that we will at the very least take their will. Mm-hmm. Now I think about two things when it comes to running will real good though. One thing is of course it shortens the game. So if you're going to run all day, then that means the clock's not going to stop from incompletions, mm-hmm. and that game's going to shorten. So that that has a likelihood of of making the game under. On the other hand, 
if we can run as easily as we think, and I think you and I believe we will, yep. then that means those big shots are going to be there, man. Yep. You Freeze wants to show off the the spirals. He he wants yes, that ball in does. the air. All right, he's not going to sit back and say, well, well let's just run it all day. And that's it. No, man, you got to get these guys reps taking these deep shots. And we already know Robbie Ashford's going to play, and there's not going to be a better time to put him in the game and actually let him pitch it around than this game against UMass and against Sanford and again against New Mexico State by the end of the year. This is when you actually figure out what you've got and these backups that are going to come in, Robbie Ashford and hopefully Holden Gurner, they're not the guy. It's not Gus where he's just going to hand it off 50 times. No, these backups are going to come in and try to prove that they're worth getting another look. That yep. means there's not going to be a yellow light on this thing. It's going to be all green. I think we put up the points to cover. I think we put up the points to cover. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I'm picking over 51 and a half for that reason. Now, am I going to pick us to cover? Because that means I got to have some confidence. <laughs> it could be 49 points for Auburn, man. But what's going to be in that column for you, Maz? Is it going to be three? Is it going to be 10 or is it going to be 20? I don't Oh, man. If it's any more than 10, I'm worried. Me too. Me too. Because what, what you figure would happen is even if we're a little soft in the middle, once they get to our side of the field and they get to the 30 or the 25, our safeties don't have to retreat as far. They play the run tighter. We stiffen up. They have to kick, but they have to kick from 35 plus. And, you know, smaller FBS schools, their kicking games are usually terrible. Mm-hmm. We have a good shot at keeping them away from points just by toughening up in the red zone and stiffening, stiffening up just enough to keep them from getting too close. And then we get what we want as far as shutting them out. I'm not saying it's likely. I think it's possible, but shut them out, or at least keep them under 10 points. I'm with you. 10, more than 10 points is a worry. 10 or less is a win. It's really hard to see us not getting to the mid-40s, though, in points, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a bug with you, man. I'm bugging with you. <laughs> yeah. Auburn to cover by 30. Right now it's 35. It could be closer by time, uh, by kick, because I don't know, man. A lot of information passes around. It's already dropped from what I think was a 39-point spread. So yeah. people have been taking UMass to cover, and I understand why. You know, you look at Auburn's record from last year, you don't know the info. You say, oh, UMass had a running quarterback. They're going to be good. Okay, that's fine. I'm taking Auburn 35 or less. Now, if it ticks back up to 35 and a half, I'm not touching it. Yeah. That's my line. <laughs> 35 and a half, no. 35, yes, I'm taking that. I would take that or a push at 35, and I'm taking the over 51 and a half. I'm with you on that one. We are on one accord there. Next up, we got Southeast Louisiana visiting Mississippi State again. Same recommendation, FCS versus FBS, not touching it. All right, that's at 3 p.m. on SEC Network. 5 p.m. on ESPN Plus or SEC Network Plus, UT Martin visiting Georgia. Same recommendation, FCS versus FBS, not touching it don't care what the spread is i'm not checking on saturday morning i do not care i'm not touching it now the next game we can bet new mexico not new mexico state that we just saw lose to umass but new mexico going to play texas a&m at 6 p.m 
on ESPN. Of course, this is in College Station. The spread is negative 38. Texas A&M favored to win by a lot. The over-under is 49. Blake, you got a beat on this one? Man, Texas A&M. Ugh. Man, it's hard to put into words, B. Will, because I, I want to take the over, but I'm just worried about this offense, you know? like, mm. <laughs> and, and I know it might sound crazy against New Mexico, but, oh, man, I don't – putting money in Jimbo Fisher's hands. I know. I know. I, I just – Mm. I, I would. They announced Connor Wegman as their starter. Right, they did. I know. I know they have a plethora of wide receivers that are really talented. Uh, no more a chain. Don't have to worry about him. Mm. I'm just not. I'm not comfortable with this game. Uh, I'm. <laughs> I'm not, man. Like I'm not on the Texas A&M bandwagon. Yeah. Like I'm not hopping on there. I'm not one of those people that scream and they're going nine and three or ten and two, like I've seen all over Twitter. Yeah. I, I, I'm just. I don't want no part of this game, and and I just can't throw my money on A&M. Okay. Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. Of course, I don't trust Jimbo Fisher. Of, of course, I don't trust Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> yeah. I do think there's some trust to be placed in the hands of Bobby Petrino calling offense. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, Bobby Petrino can call, can navigate offense. He can do it. Absolutely. But he's had one camp. All right, Wegman was just named the starter a few days ago. I don't know if he's been operating as a starter and getting all those fall reps. I know he was competing with, who was it? Uh, was it um, Max Johnson? Yeah. He was still there? He was fighting out Max Johnson yeah. for that job? It makes me wonder. I, I do think that there's probably a relatively high floor on on the quarterback room at Texas A&M. Being, I, I trust Max Johnson not to do anything spectacular, but be, but still not make major mistakes. And I think the same thing about Wegman. Wegman looked pretty safe last year when they played us. It, he didn't go out there just slinging it all over the place and throwing interceptions left and right. It was a control game. Both lines of scrimmage were or scrimmages were competing on both sides of the ball and. Bobby Petrino adds a level of unpredictability to this, and I think it's safer for everybody putting money down to wait and see what they can do against a quality opponent before you assume one way or another. Mm -hmm. We'll see them play against New Mexico, and I'm going to be watching that game very carefully because we play them in this month, so got to know what they can do. You know, this is the first step, but yep. I'm with you. I'm not touching this. I, I'm not, I, can't, I can't touch this game, man. I can't touch this no. game. We don't know how long Wickman's going to play. You got to assume Max Johnson's kind of got to be like a 1B to Wegman's 1A, kind of similar to yep. what Freeze is saying about uh, Robbie Ashford here. It's like, look, he's going to get on the field. And if you're telling me a backup quarterback's going to get in and try to prove he's not just a backup quarterback, that means he's going to be pressing, buddy. And I mean that in a good way in this sense. He's going to be trying to show that he's the man. You don't have much to worry about in, in the way of defense from New Mexico, so you're probably going to succeed with whatever you're calling for that backup quarterback. The points aren't going to stop. If I had to bet a total, I would bet over the 49. Yeah. But, but I'm, I'm with you. I'm not touching this either way. Let us, let Texas A&M show us who they are, and then we'll pick them up later this month when we when we want to bet some real money on them. All right? Absolutely. All right. So next up, we got Alabama A&M visiting Vanderbilt. That's at 6 p.m. on ESPN Plus, SEC Network Plus, not touching it, FCS versus FBS. Then that takes us to... Let Bama fans tell it. It's the Nick Saban revenge tour. 
Mm. Middle Tennessee State is going to be visiting Alabama at Bryant-Denny, 6.30 p.m. Eastern on SEC Network. The line is Alabama by 39, over under 51 and a half. Have you had time to think about this one, Blake? Alabama and Middle Tennessee State. Mm-hmm. 39 and a half. Mm-hmm. And I, the only problem with betting Alabama is Saban doesn't really like to run it up a whole lot. He you know, like he calls out the dogs. Yeah. Like when he plays teams like Middle Tennessee State and like he, he'll get up like 42 to nothing or 42 to 10 and he'll just like call it off, man. And that's why. I, I have a lot of trouble. Uh, everybody screams, you know, Alabama 39 and a half, 39 and a half, like take it, take it. Uh, but that is what scares me. And then you have the the quarterback situation at Alabama. Uh, I think Milrow gets the first snap. I think he's going to play well. Uh, I think he is going to be the starter when uh, Texas comes to town. Um, but when I look at this game, Middle Tennessee State gives people problems, B-Will. They do. And there's no way I'm touching that spread. Mm-hmm. What is the over? Over-under is 51 and a half. Man, that's still a little... Because mm, <laughs> you, you could see Bama 42, Middle Tennessee State 3. Like that's that's you can yeah. see that score in your head, but I could also see thirty five to three. Exactly. That's why. That's why I'm just staying away from it because, yeah. like, I see Alabama dominating people thirty eight to three, or mm-hmm. you know, like thirty eight to seven, and I just I don't want to be anywhere near that bet. So I'm staying away from it. I, uh, I'm just I'm just interested to see the Jalen Milrow hype, man. Like, uh, I hope he plays well because that fan base just kind of been adding uh, the whole summer and fall camp. Like, yeah. I don't think they really wanted him to win that job. Mm. And uh, I just want to see how he responds and gets his feet wet out on the field. So I, I will be watching that one. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm going to be watching that one too. So I am with you in that there's too many question marks about who and what Bama is mm-hmm. right now. We don't know who their starting quarterback is truly. We know Milrow's going to be the first one out there, but honestly, Nick Saban doesn't sound too settled on anybody. The yeah. last time there was this much of a debate about who the, the starting quarterback was going to be for this reason, and I, what I mean is neither one of the guys had much experience, was 2016 when Jalen Hurts went out there as a true freshman and um, kind of snatched the job away from Blake Barnett, who I think was like a yep. red shirt freshman or sophomore or something like that. Mm-hmm. Barnett was looked mediocre. They put Jalen Hurts in, and the rest is history. All right, so I don't know what they've got in that room with those other guys. Milrow looked kind of like a deer in headlights for the snaps he got last year. A year is a lot of time to grow up. I mean, he's been there with the system, but a new OC, all right? So this isn't like you've just been getting coaching for the last 18 months about the same guy. This Everything mm-hmm. started over in December, and you haven't even been the number one guy getting all the reps in spring and fall. So I think it's too many question marks. They do have a similar situation where I I believe multiple QBs will play and the next QB in line doesn't have any reason to hold back. And the OC doesn't really have a reason to hold back with that QB either. Like he needs to see what that guy can do if that includes pushing it down the field. But I've also heard through their camp reports that Alabama's wide receiver core does not look good. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know how you're recruiting four and five stars year after year after year at the wide receiver position, but you got nobody that can catch. I mean, their best skill position player last year was Gibbs, transfer. The best skill mm-hmm. position player the year before that was Williams, transfer. I, part of the reason that B. Will, this is not Blake, B. Will thinks the dynasty is dying in Alabama mm. is because Nick Saban isn't hitting on players like he used to, man. Mm. He is not hitting on players like he used to. They still didn't really have a, a, a true, a good receiver last year. They didn't like like yeah. uh, they were. They had some guys that were okay, but they didn't have anybody that 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 blew your mind. I, I think something's being lost there, and mm-hmm. I think it's probably on the way downhill. For the first time, they don't have an elite QB coming into the season probably since 2016. <sighs> this is going to be a work in progress for them. For whatever they're going to be, they're not going to be it as of game one. They're probably still figuring it out. I'm not touching the shit, man. I can't touch the shit. I'm I'm not touching the shit. Better figure it out in a hurry because Quinn Ewers and the Texas Longhorns are coming to town in week two. So oh, yeah, that's gonna be fun. <laughs> that's gonna be fun. I can't yeah. wait to throw dirt on their grave if they lose that game. Oh, it's gonna be fun. All right. So neither one of us is touching that. We agree. No. Yeah. Yeah. No way. All right. Well, the last game on Saturday, SEC play is very interesting. We got number twenty-one preseason ranked North Carolina going to play actually it's going to be neutral site okay this is neutral site in charlotte so it's not a home away game even though it looks like that on the screen right here this is north carolina south carolina opening night game 6 30 p.m on abc north carolina favor neutral site by two and a half points over under is 64 and a half blake what do you think about this man a seesaw battle i think this thing's gonna go back and forth um, we obviously know that North Carolina's defense is absolute cheeks. They they can't <laughs> stop a nosebleed. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, the May kid, he's going to get Heisman love. He's going to put up big numbers. But I am interested to see Spencer Rattler and uh, and this this South Carolina offense and uh, what Shane Beamer has been able to do with this program. Look, I don't trust South Carolina's defense either, but I trust them a little bit more than North Carolina. Mm. And I think South Carolina can make a stop or two uh, late in this game. And I'm taking South Carolina plus two and a half, mm. uh, and that's my dog of the week. I I. I don't know how they're not the favorite okay. uh, just because of the North Carolina defense, man. And also, North Carolina, uh, Chip Lindsey is their new offensive coordinator. So uh, it's not the the Longo cat that they had last year where they were right. just airing it out all over the yard, you know. So I think Chip Lindsey, uh, I think he's going to want to run the football a little bit more. So I'm interested to see how North Carolina runs the football against this South Carolina front seven. And South Carolina had some injury uh, some question marks in the, in the injury depth chart. And uh, I think uh, the Juice Wells guy, I think he's good. The Knox kid, I think he's good. So uh, their playmakers are there, man. It's just all up to Ken Spencer Rattler not throw the costly interception. Yeah. Uh, we saw the talent last year. At the end of the year, B-Will, I thought he played exceptionally well. And, uh, and you started seeing that – uh, that high school tape on him and and all the hype, it looked mm-hmm. like it started to really come together. So I'm interested to see what this year looks like for Spencer because uh, I kind of felt bad for him, B-Will. 
I felt bad for him because, you know, he was so hyped up and he got to Oklahoma and, you know, he's standing out at the 50 leading Oklahoma on a drive in the entire stadium is yeah. screaming for Caleb Williams. Yeah. And uh, just at 18 years old, man, I can only imagine like what he felt like. He probably felt like the smallest person in the world. And if you watch QB1 uh, when he was on that show, you know, he was he was cocky, you know, in his in his high school tape. But when people say that, they're like, oh, man, you know, uh, the kid was cocky. He deserves it. Well, what do you expect from a 17 year old kid who's the number one quarterback in the country, man? I mean, of course, he's going to be cocky. Uh, But I want this to be his his uh, redemption tour, man. Like I, I want to see the kid succeed because we know how much talent he has. And I think he's starting to figure it out. So I. I'm taking South Carolina to cover two and a half. I think they win outright. You can take a money line if you want, uh, but I, I think they win this football game. I'm with you. I'm with you. Everything you said about the dynamic between Spencer Rattler, Drake May over in North Carolina. I know North Carolina's defense is not good. All right. I'm yeah. completely aware of that. But I also believe in Gene Chizik's ability to get them together. Gene Chizik coached an undefeated Auburn defense in 2004, then went to Texas and coached an undefeated defense in 2005, and then came to Auburn. In a couple of years, now Ted Roof was a defensive coordinator, but I've got it on good authority that in 2010, when Cam was starting to get it together and things were looking up, Gene Chizik kind of snatched the, the clipboard away from Ted Roof behind the scenes and said, hey man, I got this. Let me, let me talk mm. to these guys. Got that defense together because it wasn't just Nick Fairley. Our defense was able to make some timely plays. They played to their best ability. A lot of that was the leadership from Cam Newton. We know that. But Gene Chizik knows how to talk to these players. He knows how to get through the guys. And he may not have had the horses last year. I think North Carolina probably got a little better on the talent side. But I just have confidence in Gene Chizik's ability to lead as a defensive coordinator. I think they get marginally better. But I agree with you that they found something with Spencer Rattler last year. That's what I think. Mm -hmm. I think you see he had the arm talent. Like, the arm talent's obvious. That's been obvious since the first time I saw him play. Something wasn't connecting between the ears, though. And if Lincoln Riley can't get you putting up meaningless points in Oklahoma, and he struggled at Oklahoma, buddy, Mm -hmm. with they didn't play a a knockdown dragout schedule they didn't play Georgia to open the season anytime Spencer Rattler was there, buddy. No, they they played the same mediocre team. I think they barely beat Tulane. They barely got away from Tulane the year that Spencer Rattler was there. Yeah. The last year he was there. I, I thought he was a fraud. I saw last year. I was like, wait a minute. Did they figure something out with this kid? Same OC. Yeah, I think they got rid of their OC uh, last year and brought a, brought a new guy in. Okay, okay, so we got a different OC. I think what they learned about about Spencer Rattler over the course of the last quarter of the season probably paid dividends in getting them ready for this season. Mm-hmm. I think they're ready. I think they win this game. I do think Drake May is the best quarterback in college football. I am not a Caleb Williams hyper. I, I think he's good. I think Lincoln Riley's system is going to inflate whatever anybody is, and I think the Pac-12 is going to inflate as well. He's getting a double inflation over there in the Pac-12 at USC (laughs) with Lincoln Riley and with the Pac-12. I think Drake May is the best pure quarterback in the country this year. But I think South Carolina's got more talent all around. And I think they unlocked 
Spencer Rattler. I am taking, this is my dog. If this is, there's a dog of the week, we're going to agree on this one. South Carolina is the underdog pick of the week. Mm-hmm. That 64 and a half looks a little tempting because I think for sure one of these defenses isn't going to hold up. It could probably be both, but let's just see. Let's just wait and see. All right, let's wait and see mm-hmm. if if they they make a misstep somewhere and and then one of these defenses might surprise be better than we think. And, you know, it's a 30 to 32 game. I don't know. Anything could happen. So I'm staying away from the points, but I am with you, except instead of a plus two and a half, I'm taking the money line. I want that value, South Carolina, to win that game. Then opening week, we cap off the week with a magnificent Sunday night game. I've been looking forward to this one for a while, man. LSU versus Florida State in Orlando. Neutral site game that started in, it was, I think it was New Orleans last year. Yeah. And Florida State won that game. Now, LSU had a rash of injuries in that game. They lost like three starters in that game. It was kind of crazy, including the guy who will now be missing this game, Mason Smith, offense, or excuse me, defensive lineman. Apparently, he's a monster. He was part of the reason why their defense was good enough to win the SEC West last year, but he won't be playing in this game either. But they still got their starting quarterback, Jaden Daniels. Florida State still has their starting quarterback, Jordan Travis. There's a lot to like on both sides. Florida State has been stacking talent up both from high school and in the transfer portal. The line is LSU by two and a half. Over under is 56 points. Blake, what say you? I'm taking the under. Okay. I'm taking the under. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm not touching either team, but I am taking the under. I think both of these defenses uh, are gonna play lights out, and uh, this is you're gonna get an old time classic matchup, hard hitting, uh, stingy defense, uh, and I think I think they're gonna struggle to put up numbers. I do. I, I think this is gonna be an old timey take it take it out to the back of the woodshed uh, and just beat the piss out of each other. Be will like I, I just I think they're gonna throw. Uh, they're gonna throw blows, man, and and I think both of these defenses are really, really good. Uh, and if Florida State wins this game, uh, it's I think it's Clemson left on their schedule, B. Will, and like they could be college football playoff bound. I mean, and like the quarterback, the run game, like. Uh, Kudos to their faculty for not firing Mike Norvell and sticking with him when the fan base kind of seemed like they were getting fed up. And uh, I, I know a bunch of Florida State fans, they were screaming for Dion. Like, yeah. straight yeah. up, they were like, hey, we want Dion because uh, he could bring the swagger back to Florida State. Yeah. He would bring all the, the big time recruits. And Mike Norvell said, hey, well, you know, I can bring big time players and big time recruits as well. Uh, and I think they just—they really went against the trend of what happens in college football now, right? Yeah. Like, if you don't win in two years, they fire you. You know, get out. And uh, so I, I, I give them props for doing that. But when I look at this football game, man, Florida State has weapons. LSU has weapons. I honestly think LSU—it's going to come down to. Can LSU push the ball down the field this year? Yeah. Uh, that was their biggest thing to me last year uh, was, like, at Auburn, man, what what did he throw for? What did Jaden Daniels throw for? Like, five yards in the second it half? Wasn't it wasn't a lot at all. 
Yeah, yeah. That, I know he improved towards the end of the year and everything, but I still like the deep sh- the deep shots weren't there right. last year, and and I need to see LSU push the ball down the field more. Yeah. Uh, you, you need some of those plays, man, where, where uh, you can take the top off of the defense. I, and I know LSU just ruled out one of their running backs. I can't remember. I think I saw it on my lunch break. Oh. Uh, I can't remember his name, but uh, they ruled out another player. So, uh. Man, I, I just I can't put my money on either team, but I'm gonna take that under. Okay. Okay. I didn't have a stance on this either way, but Blake, you just talked me into the under as well. I'm going under with you. I can see a lot of that coming to fruition. LSU's Jaden Daniels' biggest, I don't want to even call him the Achilles heel. He's he's safe with the ball, right? But he doesn't mm-hmm. take chances downfield. He doesn't push downfield. And that includes sometimes when it's there. Yep. Right, there were there. That's the reason why they had oh what like a fourteen to a ten win against Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Like they they are not going to. Jaden Daniels will not lose you the game, which is great. Mm-hmm. But there's also a chance he's he's not going to be able to come up with that huge chunk play with his arm mm-hmm. that will loosen the defense up. So they're going to play tight to the line and probably be safe doing it. Not because they don't have. Uh, LSU doesn't have the athletes to challenge on the outside, but if you can cover well enough, and I think Florida State does have the athletes to cover, then Jaden Daniels is not going to push it and take that shot. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean he hasn't changed or improved. All right, hopefully, you know, you're coaching, unlocks the kid a little bit. It's possible, but we don't know that yet. We know what he was for a full year. He was a guy who was going to be safe throwing the ball. He was going to be able to run very judiciously, get the yards he needs, gets down, gets the first down, keeps the chains moving. They can possess the ball. That's how they end up putting up points. But deep shots, big, big chunk plays, that wasn't their game. So I'm going to assume it's not, and I'm going to assume that both Florida State and LSU are out to prove something this game. LSU has to get it back for what they lost last year, and Florida State's trying to prove that they're for real, and last year wasn't a fluke. I think it's going to be a slobber knocker, just like you said. Under yep. 56, I think, is a safe bet. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm talking like, 24, 20, like 27, yeah. 23. Like it's, it's not yeah. going to be a lot. Like it's going to be a, a, a buttoned up game. So I'm with you on that one. Over, under 56, I am going under. And just to recap, now I may have forgotten some of these and I didn't write them down. But we might do that going forward here. We're going to write these down as we go. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's our first week. That's what we're talking about. All these picks are going to be up on the website. We'll tweet that out. When you see the tweet for this podcast go up, you'll see the link to the website if you want to see all the picks for the weekend. Hope you guys have fun hearing what we had to say about these games. Also, I want to know what you thought about these games, too. Tweet at us at The War Report on Twitter. That's where the company uh, handle is. That's where the big brain is. I'll probably be controlling that. But you can also find me directly at at TWR underscore BWIL. You'll see me talking bets all Saturday, getting it in, trying to make smart bets, get our money up here and there. Hey, it's not all about those those pre-kickoff bets. There's a lot to be gained from waiting until the game starts to unfold and seeing what the smart play to make is after that. But, Blake, go ahead and tell them where to find you on, on Game Day, man. You can find me at the Uptempo Pod, uh, and and I'm just like B Will. I, I will be taking uh, any DMs or uh, any comments that you can throw at me, and and we can work on some second half lines and things like that. So uh, I'll be locked in this Saturday. 
All right, man, that's where we'll be at. We hope you guys will find us there. Keep the conversation going. We're going to do this again next week, of course, every week of the regular season and championship games uh, week as well. We're going to keep tally, see how we did. We'll have that on the website posted. When we have the next week's picks, we'll have the last week's record. We're going to be honest with it, man. Again, we're shooting for 55%. That will be a fantastic year. Got to start off strong week one. This is where we start. I'm B-Will. That's Blake, the Uptempo Pod. Thanks for having us. Peace. <laughs>